Glad that you're here. I'd open your Bibles to the book of Proverbs, where we are going to tackle uh, Proverbs from a topical perspective this year, uh, Sunday night study. And as you turn there, Proverbs chapter 1, I want to ask you, have you ever have someone ask you for advice and then promptly ignore it? Um, if you're a parent, you've probably been there on more than one occasion, or you've given advice, and it's not been taken. And, um, but I've had that experience, and you have too, many times in life, and, and often I'm left with the question, why did they ask me for my advice, if they would go ahead and ignore it? Well, as we talk about Proverbs tonight, as we sort of lay the foundation for the rest of our study, we're going to uh, talk about the one thing that you've got to have if you want wisdom. If you want wisdom from God, there's one thing that's just absolutely crucial and that you must have if you're going to get it and if you're going to live by it. So uh, think about that. We'll talk about that here in just a second. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 7 is where we are. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise hear and increase their learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. If you want wisdom, and I think if you were to ask most people, do they really want wisdom? But if you want wisdom from a biblical perspective, you want God's wisdom. If you're ready to accept instruction, not just hear instruction, if you're ready to uh, acquire better understanding and maturity, if you'd like to develop your discernment and your discretion if you'd love to learn more, and you, if you want to learn to love more, if you're ready to develop discernment, if you're going after guidance, if you yearn for understanding, and not everyone does, but if you do, then there is one thing you've got to have, and that's holy fear. Fear of the Lord, the scriptures call it. Uh, this fear is different, although we... I'd be careful because I think sometimes we tend to try to knock it down a peg or two, but uh, fear in the biblical sense, when we talk about fearing the Lord, is a holy reverence for God that leads a person to full submission to his lordship and obedience to his commands. That's important because the theme, we'll see this again and again throughout Proverbs Uh, Get your fingers ready because we're going to turn through real quickly and look at several verses. The theme for all of the Proverbs and all of the topics that they cover starts with the assumption that a person is coming from a place of reverence and holy fear of the Lord. And that's the foundation for all wisdom. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7 was where we started. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge fools despise wisdom and instruction. 
and when I say we try to knock it down a, a notch or two, uh, people say, well, fear doesn't, doesn't mean afraid. I mean, you shouldn't be afraid. You should, you, you know, it's respect. It's like if you were to go see someone in, in uh, office, someone in, in you know, the, the CEO of a company, uh, the, the president or uh, a foreign dignitary. There's a, there's a, there's a, 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 a respect there. There's a reverence. But holy fear, I think, is more than that. You look at every human being's interaction with a uh, with God, with a an angel of the Lord. Uh, the instant they come into contact, it's just fear is the the constant description. <clears throat> Not in a fear in the sense of human fear, but fear in the sense of oh my, this is God. It's something that's just overwhelming to you. That's greater than you. Uh, that's higher than you, um, something that's all-encompassing to you. So this fear of the Lord is crucial. And fools, people who you know, are described also in Proverbs, again, there are foolish people who are very intelligent. And sometimes I used to read fools and think, oh, they're just you know, kind of loopy and, and stupid and uneducated. No, that's not it at all. There's some very educated and intelligent people who are, who are, biblically speaking, fools. Because they lack holy fear. Turn to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7. <clears throat> Scripture says, Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. And turn away from evil. Okay. Um, wisdom. Sometimes we get to uh, begin to think quite a bit of ourselves and how much we know or how much we think we know. And the Scripture says, "Be not wise in your own eyes." But again, come back to that holy reverence. Understand that uh, that God made you. You're His, and your job, as Solomon would later say, is to fear Him and keep His commandments. Turn to chapter eight. Verse 13 <clears throat> gives us a little picture of, of uh, what this looks like. Chapter 8, verse 13. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. This is one of these... Chapters where it personifies wisdom, <clears throat> takes on the, the nature of a person to describe herself. And one of these ways in which fear of the Lord is, is, is described is hatred of evil. If, when was the last time you really hated something evil? Proverbs says a person who fears the Lord hates evil has zero tolerance for it. And, and yet for us, it's, it's easily, you know, just a, a, a slippery slope of shock and awe and then acceptance and then just tolerating it. And all of a sudden, we, we become okay. Not that we do those things and we participate in those things, but we allow it into our homes. We watch it in our entertainment. Uh, we accept it a little bit here in our music and a little bit here in the things that we read. 
The fear of the Lord leads us to hate evil. Properly aligned moral compass has zero desire for evil or any part of it. Chapter 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Fear of the Lord begins and grows the closer we get to the Lord. As we seek our relationship with Him, as we worship Him, as we delve into His Word, as we apply His Word, and as we walk in His Word. Chapter 14, verses 26 and 27. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence and his children will have a refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. I think a lot about this, particularly when it comes to our children, because we want the best for our children. We want them on the best teams, we want them in the best schools, we want them to have the best friends, we want them to, be, to excel in every way as they grow up. We want them to be successful in work, in business, in their spouse, with their children. We want that for them. And sometimes we try to steer things by ourselves, but... Proverbs says, the fear of the Lord, in the fear of the Lord, the one has strong confidence and his children will have a refuge. You want to bless your children? Have fear of the Lord. We talked about Job this morning, more precisely Mrs. Job, but Job, you know, Job was known for doing this. His holy fear was such that he made sacrifices even for his children he had a holy fear that not only blessed his life, but blessed his children's life. It's in that fear of the Lord that brings our children to refuge. I'm convinced. The, the, the more that we focus on uh, our holy reverence and living and seeking God and loving God and, and, and li- walking in a way that pleases him, that is the best refuge for our children and for our children's children. It's a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. All right, turn over to chapter 19, verse 23. The fear of the Lord leads to life, and whoever has it rests satisfied. He will not be visited by harm. Now, again, we go back to the understanding we talked about last week, that Proverbs are general truisms. Okay? This doesn't mean, as Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. But the general truism is if you live with the fear of the Lord and you live according to his word, your life is going to go better. That's not health, wealth, prosperity. I'm telling you from personal testament, I have seen family, people that I know and love and, and that love me, choose to not live according to this. And in my own case, I'm not perfect at it, and I'm in full need of God's grace as anyone else, but our goal for Christy and I in our home is to live according to these commands. And we do not do it perfectly. And we, we fall short as all do. 
But it's in the pursuit of God, and it's in the fear of the Lord, and it's in striving to live according to his word, where the blessing comes. Jesus called it the abundant life. I've come that they might have life, and that they might have it abundantly. Not just in the eternal sense. If that that were it, that'd be great. But Jesus adds icing on the cake, and he says... Life abundantly. When you live with with fear of the Lord, you have better marriages. You have better relationships with your children. Uh, You you have less dysfunction and less drama. The harm that generally befalls people, you don't live with that because you don't live with the consequences of sin because you don't desire that. You hate evil. Last one. Uh, Proverbs 31, Proverbs 31 woman, well-known proverb, but it says this. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Um, Depending on how much TikTok and Instagram you view, you know, there's there's a lot of weight and influence given to charm and beauty. But the proverb is still true. That a woman who's praiseworthy is a woman who fears the Lord. She'll be a blessing to her husband and to her children and her children's children. Be good for us to teach our daughters that. So, all proverbs is based in this holy fear and reverence as the foundation for all wisdom. You want to grow in wisdom... It starts with a holy fear. Wisdom literature is actually the same. We see this again and again. Uh, Job 28, 28. Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to turn away from evil is understanding. Psalm chapter 34, verse 9. <clears throat> oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. We're a few chapters to uh, 100, Psalm 111, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. Psalm 112, just one chapter over. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. And, of course, Ecclesiastes is the one we already quoted. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. The end of the matter. All has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. So... Not just in Proverbs, but in all wisdom literature, again and again we're told, start here. If if you are seeking wisdom and wisdom's blessings, begin with fear of the Lord. This is not moral perfection, but fear of the Lord will improve your morality. It's not, again, it's not human fear, but it's holy fear. Um, I was trying to think of a description, 
probably the, the best one that's not in wisdom literature, or one of the best that I could think of, was Matthew chapter 10. Jesus here is giving instruction. Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. And he's giving this to the apostles. And he says, and this is as he's sending them out, so <clears throat> this is some context here. But he says, uh, don't be afraid. And he's talking about don't fear people. Um, verse 28, do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. And then what he says is, rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Okay? So, when we think about holy fear, sin really just becomes a lack of holy fear. People sin because they don't know the Lord, and, and more than that, they don't fear the Lord. Um, we can apply this to ourselves when we think about it. <clears throat> if, a, as a Christian husband, you don't love your wife... You don't have holy fear. If as a Christian wife you don't submit to your husband as head of household, you don't have holy fear. These are simple commands within the New Testament. If we fear the Lord, we, we accept what he says about our role in marriage and, and do what we are called to do. If you are unkind and cruel and mean, you lack holy fear. If you gossip, you lack holy fear. If you don't discipline your children, you lack holy fear. The Proverbs talks about, again and again, the, the importance of discipline. We're not talking about beating a child. We're talking about disciplining them. But why? Why do you discipline a little child? To save him or her. That's the purpose, because you love them. The Lord disciplines us, not because he wants to punish us, but because he loves us. So, if you don't discipline your children, you really don't love your children, and you lack holy fear. If you lose your temper and fly off the handle, you lack holy fear. If you're sexually immoral, or you regularly consume pornography, you lack holy fear. If you're lazy, you lack holy fear. If you disobey and dishonor your parents, you lack holy fear. If you're crooked in your business dealings and you cheat and swindle people, it's because you lack holy fear. And we can go on and on, but it just occurred to me that as we think about sin, that comes from an area of our heart and our lives that where we lack proper fear of the Lord. Proper fear of his authority and his commands. So, holy fear is the first crucial step to true wisdom. You can grow in knowledge by increasing your education. Uh, you can grow in wealth by working more, by increasing the number of jobs or increasing your skill set, but, but you can grow your wealth with work. You can grow in influence with your success. There are successful things, you're given more responsibility and more, 
Your voice has more influence among people. You can grow in maturity with time. But I think you can only grow in wisdom with God. And again, that's why it separates wisdom from intelligence and education and all of that. Uh, it only comes from the Lord. And so the only way to grow in our wisdom is to grow closer to the Lord. And wisdom only comes, we only are able to come closer to God when we have proper fear and reverence of our Lord. So, when you fear the Lord, here's what that looks like. Um, Number one, you acknowledge a greater authority than you. Remember the first time you got pulled over for a speeding ticket? Some of you have had so many tickets, it's hard to remember, I know. But um, you remember that very first time, what was that like? Uh, I remember mine. I remember my heart was just coming out of my chest. My palms were sweaty. And, and I mean, I'm not going to tell you the story, but I, to this day, believe I was not... <laughs> Guilty of what I was accused, but I was still nervous because of the authority pulling me over. I had respect and fear of, of human authority. Well, our fear of the Lord begins with acknowledging and acquiescing to that higher, holier authority story of the, the account of Job, there's you know, the suffering, there's the time with his friends and all of the mixed advice that they give him, and then there's Job's complaint, but then God answers Job. And if you pay attention to the text, it's the description of a storm. I came in tonight and I was bringing some food for Yak and Snack, a couple of ladies were out there and they said, have you heard anything about the weather? They're asking about this and because they're looking at the at the what they're seeing and wondering if the weather's going to get bad. If you look at Job in this text where God answers Job, you get the picture of wind and lightning and thundering and a storm's developing and and God is getting prepared to answer Job out of the storm. And it's this whole litany of questions. Where were you when I set the boundaries? Where were you when I created the universe? Where were you? Just all of these questions that obviously Job did not, even in his fear of the Lord, didn't have the answers to. And when God's all done, Job says, Surely I spoke of things I didn't understand. It's, it's a holy fear. It's acknowledging a higher and holier authority. Uh, when you fear the Lord, you humble your haughtiness to one who is greater. Uh, you humble how much you think of yourself. Uh, the psalmist says, When I consider the heavens, the work of your hands, what is man that you are mindful of him? That's holy fear. That's being overwhelmed by something Someone higher than you. 
you realize the smallness of your size. And you begin to align, because of your holy fear, you begin to align your actions with him. What he wants. The best example, of course, is Jesus, the perfect example. Yet not my will, but yours be done. That attitude was how Jesus, that wasn't just in the garden, that was his entire 33 years on earth, was not my will, but your will. The person who fears the Lord has that attitude in their life. Not my will, but your will. Not mine, but yours. Yielding fully and completely and totally to the sovereignty of God in all areas of life. You have not only the yielding to that, but you have the desire to please him because you love him so. So, as we think about holy fear, as we consider that we must have it to grow wiser, uh, that's what I'm going to pray for tonight as we close. That we might have a greater holiness Uh, a a greater holy fear within our lives, a greater reverence toward the Lord. You say, I'm here on Sunday night. How much more holy can you get? (laughs) I say to you, there is always room for growth within our own lives, and we should encourage it within those around us, be that our spouses, our children, our friends, our neighbors, In an election year, we we absolutely should pray for God to raise up leaders and elected officials who fear the Lord. What a turnaround that would make in everything. All right, so uh, let's close and think about these things, and more importantly, may we apply these things. And we know that holy fear is not just respect of God. It's truly holy fear and reverence toward who he is, and uh, our desire to please him in every way. Let's approach him in that manner tonight. Lord God Almighty, a creator of all things, the Alpha and the Omega, before all things, in all things, and after all things, we come before you in reverence of who you are, almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present. Lord, we call you, Lord, acknowledging your authority and your awesomeness. We, Father, approach you with humility and love. Father, we pray that you would Forgive us our sins and our shortfalls, of which we have many, known and unknown, public and private. You know us through and through, Lord. You see us perfectly, and you always judge correctly. Lord, as you examine us, no doubt there are many ways in which we are unworthy to be in your presence. Lord, it is only through your Son and his atoning sacrifice that we even have the ability to come to you in prayer. Father, we thank you for your graciousness to us through him. We thank you for the mercy that you show us through him. We pray 
that we might ever continue to fear you reverently in our hearts, that we might seek you with all of our hearts, and we, that we might love you with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, with all of our minds, and with all of our strength. Father, thank you that we have the opportunity each and every week to worship you, to pour out to you in prayer and song and listening to the word and hearing your instruction. We know that's good for our souls. And we pray that we might not only worship, have worship today, but that we might worship as living sacrifices through this week. Father, help us to hate evil in all of its forms and help us to love you more. We thank you that you love us as you do and we know how much you love us because of your son, that you sent him to die for us, to pay for our sins that he did not commit. In your holy wisdom, Father, you made a plan and for that we are eternally grateful. Father, I pray that we as a people, that we as a congregation might live in such a way that we show our appreciation for what you have done and more importantly for who you are. You are great, you are almighty, you are powerful beyond even our ability to understand. And We want to know you more and more. and We ask that your spirit would help us and that your word would instruct us. Father, we pray that you'll bless our gathering tonight after uh, this prayer, not only the meal, but the fellowship that goes along with it. May we encourage one another daily as long as it is called today. We pray this all in the name of your Son. Amen.